Well, it's official. We have our first sponsor, the kind people of Shelter Brewery have gotten behind us and we couldn't be happier. If you're after a refreshing beer for after work to start your weekend, or in my case, after spending a ridiculous amount of time gardening, Shelter is the beer for you. If you happen to be in the southwest region, swing by the brewery which overlooks the famous Bustledon Foreshore and enjoy one off the wood, even grab yourself a decent feed with their amazing menu items. You can pick up a slab at most bottle shops or if you prefer it delivered to your door, get onto their website shelterbrewing.com.au and browse the selection they have. Even grab yourself some sneaky merch whilst you're at it. Get around them, shelterbrewing.com.au. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 7 of Matt and Mates Potty. Huge favour to ask for this week. If you could please hit the follow button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use along with the sneaky rating and review you could leave, I would love you to the moon and back, maybe even a little bit more than that. Also, even a follow and like on socials helps out as well and keeps you in the know of when the next episode drops and who the guest will be. Hell, if you could even share the pot on Insta Facebook stories, that would be amazing as well. On to this week's guests, I had the opportunity to chat with what I would call an acquaintance of mine, and probably now safe to say he's a mate, Ivan. And I'll probably stuff this part up, but last name is Chris Lovick. Chris, Chris Lovick. I think that's right. Ivan had a stint on reality TV showing his face on Bachelorette and Bachelorette in Paradise. He tells his side of the story of what went on during his time filming and how some of the stuff was not portrayed as it should have been. He also goes into detail about his passion for dancing and what drives him to keep going and chats about the ups and downs he's had along his journey and where he plans to take it next. I love this chat with Ivan. He's got a great sense of humor and character about him. I hope you guys enjoy this one too and learn something or hell even get a laugh out of it. Big, big love to you all. One, two, three, four. G'day and welcome to the Matt and Mates podcast. Join me as we share some stories from some old and new mates. Ivan, how you going, mate? Good, Matty. How you going? Yeah, not too bad, man. How's things on your side of the uh, your side of the world? Uh yeah, good, nice and cold. Um, yeah, just just getting used to uh, being back at work and uh, getting into a routine for a week before um, before I fly out again. You're over in Thailand, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I was doing a um, a fight camp. I was meant to do a fight, but um, unfortunately, no one wanted to fight me, so no one was. Uh, like, no one was really a fan of the reach, but it's all good. Well, I wanted to get you on today, mate, because honestly, we've only really met yep. one time, which was um through one of our mutual mates that you luckily got to spend a bit of time with, yeah. Todd King. Got to share a room together. Yeah, that's right. He has told me all the stories from that, which I'm uh, sure you can share your part on. Yeah. I reckon it'd be good to yeah. get you on, sort of go through a bit of your life, because I feel like you've got some great stories to share, and from what Todd obviously told me on the other side it's it'll be even better to come out of your mouth as well so let's open up let's just get into it and uh, yep. see what you've got to say so i want to start off with just a quick question i do with every single person that comes on the show yep. and it's just just a sort of bit of an icebreaker you know 
if you could go back to any time in history and witness it with your own eyes, what would it be? For <laughs> what would I want to witness? Um, it's a tough, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's the. You know what? If I, if I could see it, I'd like to see how my parents escaped Croatia, because if I if I could. See, yeah, I actually, because the way they tell the story about um, meeting on one side of the island and everyone from the village and um, being too many people in one little dinghy and then crossing the ocean to Italy. And like, I, I just sort of love to see how that sort of happened. And apparently the, the boat almost sunk and like, yeah, they sort of got rescued by Ta- Italian coast guards. And yeah, I would have I liked to see how that all happened because a lot of my, co- like mum's cousins and my aunties and yeah, it was a boat for my family and just wondering how they got across and made it you know yeah that's insane that is actually be a really good one to say most people go with like a music act or sporting act but that's <laughs> that's the most different one of yeah them. yeah there you go cool um we'll go straight on to it mate so i just want to get you've already pretty much brushed on it with um what you just mentioned before in that answer but just give me a bit of a background of yourself like you obviously always been in Australia or you've got a bit of a heritage from Croatia you just mentioned. So give us a rundown. You're like growing up. Um, yeah. So my parents were born over there and, um, immigrated here to get away from, um, communism and just for a better life. So they came here in the seventies and my parents met here, then had me and my, my twin brother. Uh, so about two for the price of one. So they were done. <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good sort of family, wholesome upbringing. Dad is pretty strict, but sort of liked it because it sort of, I, I feel like it sort of kept me in line a little bit. So I'm pretty grateful for that. And, uh, yeah, they were, they were pretty hard on us, but you know, I think we turned out all right. My brother went more towards, um, like academics and he did civil engineering and did everything by the book, started investing at 18, where as I... 18 i started going out i was out clubbing tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday so i sort of went a different route to my twin brother so i was yeah i, I wasn't the favorite to say the least it was a good it was, it was a good growing experience and um i think all those years that you know I, I used to say that i wasted you know going out socializing and um being a bit of a socialite sort of led me to be able to do stuff on TV and yeah. be comfortable in front of camera and radio to make friends network because that's half the battle these days. You know, if people don't like you, I don't want to work with you. So I think me sort of developing the skill to make um, friends with a tree, yeah, it's sort of, you could put me in any room and I'd be fine. So, so yeah, it was, it was, it was a bit of a messy I guess early twenties and, um, I sort of made a flick maybe at 24, 25 and I got into martial arts. I actually got into martial arts and dancing at the same time. So I started dancing at 25 and I, it was just like, it just hit me. I just, yeah, decided I wanted to do hip hop. Actually, no, my best friend wanted me to go to a hip, my best friend wanted me to go to a hip hop class and I'm, I'm the only one that would dare try anything outside the square out of all the boys. So I'm like, all right, I'll meet you there. I'll come with you. And um, I was five minutes away and I called him. I'm like, Paz, where are you? He's like, oh, bro, got held up at work. I'm like, dude, I'm five minutes away. I'm like, I was sat in traffic. I'm here. 
I'm like, fuck it, I'll go do it. And I did it and I loved it. And six months later, I enrolled in a full-time dance course at 25, almost 26. And uh, mind you, I'm walking into like a classroom full of like 17, 18 year olds, 16 year olds. And then there's, and all I knew then was gym. So I was this, just this puffed up six foot seven dude being like, I want to dance. So I was really like, not, I don't know, especially I think from the boys that dance, I wasn't really like, they didn't take me seriously. So it was, it was a bit of an uphill battle and yeah, like learning ballet, jazz and all that stuff. Cause that's part of the curriculum, even though it's not, <laughs> it's not really what I was passionate about, but had to sort of do it. And yeah, it was just really, it was actually really challenging. And I felt like I was always behind the pack and I was always like sort of chasing my tail because everyone there, all the kids, they were dancing from when they were like little and you know, I'm, and I sort of had limited movement because all my body knew was gym and sports and stuff like that. So it was pretty hard. And then uh, I was like, I've got to catch up. And then I'm like, fuck it, I'm just going to go to LA because that's where the best dancers are. So I was like, when I look back now, I was pretty shit, like, <laughs> to be fair. And I just threw myself in the deep end and I spent a few months in LA, which was good. I just threw myself in the deep end. So that sort of helped me catch up. And I feel like, you know, though, every, every now and then when I did those trips, I made another step forward and I was just catching up, catching up, catching up. So... No, no, yeah, 100%. Yeah, you, you don't have to, like, it is easy starting those type of things when you are younger, but it doesn't mean that you can't catch up over in life. Like, it's it's so, so simple. Yeah. And, and just going on that, so the dancing side, like, you mentioned that was something you did with one of your friends. Was it always something that you thought about doing at a younger age? Like, were you, were you always sort of just really into that type of thing? I was more into acting, to be honest, when we were underages, so all the boys were dancing. And you know, Maddie, like when you're 16, 17, you sort of dance behind the girl. You don't really do much. You're just like sort of moving a little bit. And then you try, like, <laughs> try peek around to make out with them. So I was that scared of dancing that I just sat in the corner on the couch while all the boys like were up on the dance floor. So that's how scared I was of dancing. Yeah, right. So it was always something that you like, you never thought you'd really get into, but it just took you to have nah. lessons. The next thing you know, it was all you. Yeah. Yep. Actually, took, it just took one lesson. It just literally took one lesson. I'm like, fuck, this is sick. I, like, I want to, I want to nail it. And then that feeling when you actually nail a routine, it's like, I can't, yeah, I can't explain it. Sick. <laughs> oh, that's super awesome. Yeah. It's, I don't, honestly, I don't really have any mates that really got into much of like dancing. But it's, it's yeah. always something that sort of interests me because it's going, there's a whole, whole concept to it. Like I've had someone on the show just recently. She was, she was really into her singing and dancing and that as well. And she's constantly putting up things all the time of like the choreography and all that that goes into it. So it's, it's a whole sport in itself, really. Yeah, it is. It's sort of, you, you use muscles that you don't really use like in the gym or swimming or footy. Yeah, it's just, it's a real shock to the system. Like every sport's sort of different. And I just, every time I take a break from it and I come back, my body's always like sore because yeah, there's all these little muscles that you don't really know you have until you start busting it. Yeah. Sort of coming in handy now, Maddie, because of TikTok. Because of TikTok <laughs> now, so it's coming in handy in that. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, so, you've timed it for the right time with um the generation we'll get there. <laughs> what I, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> that, what I wanted to ask on that is the... 
the concept of dancing in itself, like it's the stereotypes always been like girls dance and that's always been their thing. So was that sort of harder scope to sort of have doing it for yourself and having um, dancing with other guys or did you find that you were welcomed like from the way word go? I was welcomed a little bit. I think they, like the guys that were at the school didn't take me seriously because I was so bad. <laughs> so like really, really bad. But but while I was doing that, I was also still working as a tradie. So I was a painter by trade. So just to fund my schooling, I still did a couple of days still with my boss and with the boys. And the shit I coughed, like when I, you know, because I only worked one or two days or work at night. And they're like, oh, you're going to go do your dancing. And then they'll like sort of like mimic me or, you know, and they just sort of hang it. So it's it's hard being in that sort of boys, boys world, like being on site and just, you know, tradies and, you know, they'll talk, they'll talk about sports and, and, um, yeah, having a beer on the weekend. And, uh, and then I'm like, oh guys, I've got to leave early so I can go dance. So yeah, it was interesting, but, um, from doing it onward, to be honest, I sort of get motivation when people tell me that I can't do something or they sort of give me shit for something. Because I have a, I have a bit of a tendency to try to prove people wrong. So, yeah, I think that that sort of developed at a young age, and I've sort of carried that on. So, yeah, I'm pretty determined to do the things that people tell me I can't do. It's almost I'm waiting for people to tell me you can't do it. So I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, you want to show you? That's not a bad habit to have. Like trying to just prove people wrong all the time. It's it's honestly something that you don't see a lot of it. Yeah, I think um I think when it, when you sort of do something outside of the box or anything in life, I, I feel like you sort of have to, even to prove it to yourself that you can do something because, yeah, I think that's how you achieve anything. You just want to do it for yourself or, yeah, so I was, ne- so going on from there, Maddie, I was never meant to go on The Bachelor. Well, uh, sorry, yeah, The Bachelorette, sorry. Before you get on to that, so you've become this, you've got into like dancing, it's become a big part of your life. And you did mention there was a little bit of acting yeah. that was sort of coming on as well that you used to be interested in. So is that yep. what sort of drove you to go yep. to Bachelorette? Because, I mean, yes, it is reality TV, but I'm sure yep. there is an element of acting in it too. What sort of got you to apply for it? Uh, so I didn't apply. They sort of scoped me out and slid in my DM. And I think it was at, at, on the back of that I did two appearances on Studio 10. So I, I started a dance touring business and I managed to get Moose from Step Up to do a tour with us around Oz. And then we were on Studio 10 and sort of danced. So I guess that sort of opened me up to Channel 10. And yeah, they slid into my DM. Then when I had the interview one-on-one, I said that, you know, obviously like everyone wants to fall in love and I was looking for a missus because... At that point, I wasn't really dating, but also they're like, you know, it can help. They sort of dangled the carrot and they said like, oh, this could help, you know, your dancing and your acting. And I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I got, you know, excited, like two things can happen here. It can help my career and the direction I want to go in. And a bonus, I could fall in love too, but neither happened. So (laughs) what a stitch up, Maddie. (laughs) 
It was it was an interesting season. I'll admit, no, I was never a big Desperate fan, but once Todd, like I've known Todd for years, and yeah. he was the first guest on the show. When he yeah. sort of got onto it, I went, I've got to watch it because I've got to see if it really shows him as the person he is. And it it actually was. Yeah, it was just interesting to see how they. I feel like they create a lot of drama between everyone on there. Or from what Todd would tell me, it seemed yeah. like that there would be something very, very small that would happen, but then blow it up to make it this, this huge yes. thing. Yes, yes. They were very good. And it's because everyone, um, all the producers have an earpiece, so they're like waiting for like a little hint of something and they pounce. And sometimes they'll, you know, I think Patty was one of their main guys that they sent in to stir the pot. And they were, like you see him call over Patty and be like, Patty, go in and, you know, say this and you can sort of, you know, see there was a bit of a setup. But you sort of got to be on it, but it's hard because you can't always be on it. And that's where you sort of like get caught up in it and emotions get involved. And, you know, especially on the cocktail parties, you're drinking, you, you know, you sort of forget the cameras and you just, you're sort of in, you're sort of in on it. And that's why they keep bringing the drinks over, keep bringing the drinks over because the filter goes off and you're just sort of there in the moment. And it's easier for you to like react, easier for you to get manipulated, and yeah, that de- they're definitely good at their job, <laughs> like very good. Because you could definitely say in the show that there was just things that were constantly happening. Going, is that really? Did that really happen that way, or did they just blow it up? But yeah, I yes. can feel like it was sort of the case. But your stint on the show, how long did you last? Because Todd obviously finished runner up, but how, when about did you sort of exit on there? Um, I was probably about a third of the way through. I did end up getting a, like, I wasn't one-on-one. It was a two-on-one date. It was elimination. Was that the avocado incident? Yes, it was the avocado. <laughs> I do remember this. Give us a bit of a rundown what happened there. So pretty much from the moment I got there, because I, at that moment I was still living with my parents and can't cook nothing. So every time the boys were cooking something, whether it was breakfast, lunch, one of the boys would be cooking extra for me. So everyone knew I, co- I can't cook. Then they set me up on a, on a cooking day. Come on. Like I've never seen, like I've never seen a kitchen before. So it was, it was a bit of a setup. Anyway, I gave it a go and it just said, um, it gave me a, an ingredient list for chocolate, chocolate avocado mousse. And it said two avocados in the blender. And the only time I've ever seen an avocado is when it's mashed up on my on my toast when I'm at a cafe. So I've never seen like someone peel it or take the pip out or, you know, so I just threw it in I just because it's a blender. So I'm thinking it's just going to blend it all in. And um, it sort of almost broke the blender and I didn't know what was going on. I'm like trying to push it in and I've got ca- oh, the camera dudes that's pissing himself, producers pissing him. I'm like, why is everyone laughing at me? I'm like... Like, no one's trying to help. They're just, like, laughing. And I, didn't, I was, at that point, I sort of didn't, didn't know what the fuck was going on. And then, um, yeah, after they let, let me go for a bit, they're like, oh, take it out and start again. And one of them gave me a hint. And I'm like, oh, okay. But there was still some residue in there. So when I, like, made it and served, it was probably pretty rough. But on top of that, I, I banged my head twice. So, like, I was going into the fridge to get the ingredients. They didn't catch that one. I, like, boom, whack my head. And then on the way out, they caught the second one, and I and I clipped the the um the doorway again. So, <laughs> so you could blame it on concussion, then I guess. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever you guys want. It's just it. I actually thought it would have faded by now, but there's been a few people that, yeah, that have reminded me out in public. And it's like I, I don't know how you still remember that. It's been, it's been five years, but yeah. It was honestly, it was probably a really good moment. Like there wasn't anything bad about it. I think it was just more of, oh, did he really mean to do that? Or was it actually just him going, oh, I could get a laugh from doing this. So it's good to hear that it was organic. It was a very organic. Yeah. So like the boys were saying afterwards that, that the main producers, there was like six of them in like the back room. Apparently that one hysterics because you can't like plan that shit. But if you, if you take someone that they're smart, if you take someone that has no idea what they're doing in the kitchen and put them in the kitchen, you're going to get something. Oh, a hundred percent, mate. Yeah. But the whole point of that date, Maddie, was to get me to rat on Bill because there was, you know, some people, some of the boys were throwing Bill under a bus at that moment because I was probably the closest to him at the time. I had a lot of dirt on him and they wanted me to spill the beans on camera and to Ali. And I think it's just that. I went to an all-boys school, and you don't rat on the boys to the teacher. So it's just like, I think it was, I think it was just that thing, like, in hindsight, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, like, but in hindsight, I probably should have said something, and probably would have saved my ass, to be honest, but I think it was that conditioning of just, like, always looking after your boys at school, just all those years, just looking after each other, and it's just, I couldn't have it in me to to throw him under a bus, even though could have thrown him well under that bus. <laughs> the internal struggle, the internal struggle, Maddie, that was happening in my body at that time was like, I can't explain to you. <laughs> but it's all right. You came out of the other side. Just on your time on the show. That's right. Do you find that, is there anything on there that you would do again? Or is there anything on there you regret at all? Or do you find that everything that happened yep. on there is 100% the way you wanted it to be? Nah, nah. I I wish I didn't let them um tell me to dance as much because every time I did a dance for them, they always cut it to something that was not what I did, or put some like whack music over the top or crickets and cut it up and like even the first night when I just taught two of the boys just a couple of moves and I said they can't dance, but it was just fun. And all the boys were clapping and getting into it and everyone was having a good time. And it was like, they were getting around it. But when it came on screen, they put crickets and they put like Todd and like a few of the boys like looking left and right, like what the fuck? And that is not what happened. Like the boys are like geeing up on it. And it's just, yeah, it's just what they can do in that, that editing room is, yeah. Well, it's impressive on their part, but that's, that's their job, I guess. Yeah. They just added that bit of extra mayo onto it to make it something that wasn't there. So much mayo. And they did that every single time. But obviously, I thought they had my back. So, you know, I've spoken about it a few times. Like, choreographed a flash mob with like 20 of them. It was sick. And they didn't show it. They showed three me doing three moves at the end, looped it, and picked another song that had nothing to do with the dance moves and just looked horrendous because it just didn't match. It was just like, I was like yelling at the TV. Was it hard to go back and watch and relive it all? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely hard because you you know what actually happened and what they're showing to the public and to the country. I know you feel a little bit hard done by, although you are the one that signed up for it. 
so oh, it is a TV show, but so you, no one thinks they're going to draw the short straw. Like everyone thinks they're going to come out on top at the end. And so, and to be honest, it could be worse. Like, you know, I could have got like no airtime and just been out the first, I could have been out first row ceremony and, you know, that would have been a lot worse. So, you know, at least some people remember the avocado. It was a good growing experience. You know, I got to do paradise afterwards and that was sort of, that was a good experience, even though the aftermath <laughs> wasn't good at that one as well. But it's all, it's all growing and I feel like it sort of set me on the path where I am now and I feel like I'm in a really good spot as a person in Korea and with like my trajectory where I'm going and yeah, I can't complain now. No, that's awesome. So, so the whole experience you got from it all, no regrets whatsoever. It's, it's more of something that built you and even though they were hard, you were hard done by by some um, extent to it, you feel that it sort of just kept making you grow and grow to the person that you are now. Yeah, because now I feel like if I am to do another show or acting or, you know, do some gig in front of, you know, 10,000 people, I feel like I'm I'm ready for anything that something might happen. Like, I'm ready for things to go wrong now because I've dealt with the worst of the worst and I've dealt with, you know, heavy trolling and like, of yeah, it's not, there's nothing that I won't cop now. Yeah, that's, that's part I actually want to just brush on quickly is how did you go with just afterwards, like obviously people, there's always heroes on social media that want to give you a bit of grief and that. Did you sort of respond, Hot. have any sort of response to that when people were sort of giving you a bit of shit or did you find that you were able to sort of ignore it? Did it play on your mind at all? Um, oh, I want to, okay. So I did have one moment because dancing was sort of my passion and it, it was actually the direction I wanted to go in when people had a go at that that's what hit me the hardest so when they you know made a mess of the flash mob and stuff and I was copping shit for it online I actually I, I was actually painting at the time and I told my supervisor I had to like go have a break because I was my phone was blowing up and uh I actually went to the car park Maddie and I fucking had a teary, I reckon, for like two hours. Ah, oh, mate, that that sucks. Yeah. Everything else I copped it, but like attacking something that you're passionate about, it's not the way it happened. And like, I was just like sitting in the car park, just like a sh like shambles. I've never been such a mess. And it's just like messages, like it keeps coming in and it's like, yeah. It's something that like I've never dealt with, dealt with before, so... It was something new and yeah, it was a it was a attacking a soft spot in my heart. You're showing your volunteer you know. all around Australia, like millions of people watching that show. And yeah. the fact that that's the part that someone, yeah. oh, I want to message this guy and let him know what a shit dancer is. Like that's just so fucking stupid. Yeah. And it, it, it was just, yeah, it did hurt a lot, but I've kept going and yeah, I feel like I'm in a really good spot now and, and I've done some good stuff and. I'm going back to LA next week, actually. So it hasn't stopped me and it's been five years. So I'm just going to keep going. So no, that's good, man. Keep going the passion that you love. That's, that's exactly what you need to do. And what I also wanted to go on was uh, you did mention like you did another stint on Paradise, Special in Paradise. I didn't really ever watch much yeah. of those shows, but do you reckon that, I, I don't know how long you're on there for, but do you reckon you would ever go back onto reality TV in, in, in some sort of way? For you know what, Maddie, 
I would make that contract so airtight and so many amenity like amenities to it. So I I would, but I'd have to really dissect the contract and add my own things in there so I can make it squeaky clean. So there's not yeah. nothing they can do that can bring me down. So depending on the offer, yeah, I would. I would <laughs> because while you while you're shooting, you can you can even ask Todd while you're shooting. It's such a fun experience, like that that filming time with the boys. It was just it was just so much fun. Same thing as Paradise. While it's filming, it's just so much fun. It's just the aftermath. If you get a you know a shit edit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because what Todd would tell me would that you'd be doing absolutely everything together, and like you, what they're only showing one and a half, two hours of airtime, but you're spending all this time together, you and the boys. And it just seems like you would have like a really yeah. bonding connection with them all afterwards too. Yeah. All, yeah. You're spending all day with them and there's no distractions. There's no TV. You're not on your phone because they take your phone. So you're literally bonding with the boys all day, every day. So I yeah. I remember that you would get your phone for every two weeks. Was it that you would last on the show? And luckily for me, yeah. Todd was always the one. Todd would always call me first before his parents. And I was, oh no way! That's yeah, I always found out what was going on and how far he was getting. But how who was the person you were calling? So I called my brother and I called my agent in America because before just before I went to the Bachelorette, I auditioned for Step Up High Water, so I had to follow that up. I mean, you got to keep your options open, don't you, mate? Exactly. You got to be in it to win it, Matty. Who, who knows? Could could be a uh, married at first sight. What do you reckon, Matty? I'll watch it. If you get on, I'll watch it. You watch it? <laughs> I know you don't like reality TV, but... <laughs> Mate, if, if someone I know on it, I, I sort of just get dragged into it. I have to go, well, I've got to see how this ends. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about you, Matty? Would you uh, would you throw your hat in the ring in anything? Violent, anything? Violent, no. Mate, I don't think I've got... Got the guts to do any of that. I don't know how my missus would go with me finding out I'm on one of them, but um, the oh yeah, <laughs> the only thing I could really probably go for would be something like the Amazing Race or something like that. Yeah, just something that's not um, scandalous. Yeah, as much as those shows they are interesting, yeah, I find like, that for my my mental capacity, I need to know that I'm doing like uh, more of a challenge and like a adventure to it. Yeah, yeah, I feel ya. I feel yeah. Or like a block or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So if I had any building experience. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right, Maddie. Everyone can paint. So <laughs> yeah, you do make a good point, I guess. Cool. So yeah, that's that's sort of the stuff like with Bachelorette, that's it's a whole experience of your life. It was only a handful of weeks for you, but it's still painted to where you got to are now. And then you sort of led on yeah. from there. You still kept on going down the dancing pathway. So walk us through where that's sort of you're at right now. So are you are planning to have your own sort of dancing um, like studio or what is it that's your sort of your next goal on that? Um, to be honest, I just want to, I want to do one big stage show. So I've got a few like, like things I want to tick off. So I feel like dancers have a shelf life, like your body does sort of like a, like a, like someone in elite sports. So usually, you know, 36, 37, 38, the body, you know, starts breaking down. You start getting more injury prone. So I'm sort of gauging off that. So before my body starts breaking down, I do want to do a big stage show. I want to do a music video for a big artist. I want to 
I do have a movie script, a dance movie script that is that I've ha- had in my back pocket for a while now. Oh, that's cool. Did you write that one all yourself? Um, I helped do the plot with, um, so I found a writer because I've had this idea for ages and we went back and forth, constructed the plot and she wrote it. So sitting on that as well. So I really do want to create that before my body breaks down because obviously I created the main character a little bit around me. It's a little bit of a mix of like step up my life and a few other things that I sort of want to bring to light to the general public. So, yeah, I'm really excited about it. I just, yeah, that that is the goal, to be honest. At the end of my dancing journey, I need to create this film and then dancing's done and then I'll reassess. No, that's, that's an awesome goal to have. Like, dream big, why not? Like, the worst case scenario, it, it just doesn't go exactly the way you plan, but you find another avenue down that way. Exactly. I mean, R- Rocky, well, Sylvester Stallone, he sort of created his movie script and he had a small budget and then, you know, look where, look where he is now. So you just never know. And at least if I make it, it's, it's, you know, like I've still done it and my goal is achieved. I've created it. And yeah, I think, I think it's going to pop off <laughs> anyway, but hey, we'll, we'll see. It's still a bit to go. I've got full faith in you, mate. You've got this. Yeah. hundred percent. And then I also wanted to just touch on your other thing I've been seeing you do a lot of is your Muay Thai side. So like you were, you mentioned you were doing that a lot at a younger age and has that always sort of yep. carried on throughout your life or did you have a time where you just stood, stood away from it and now you're back into smashing it? Because I did see all over your socials, you've been in uh, Thailand getting involved with like all the competitions there. Yeah. yeah. So I was originally in karate. So that was my first martial art I did. And then I did a bit of competition with that. And then I was trying to juggle karate, ninjutsu, and dancing when at the same time, so which got really hard. And then because hip-hop was probably out of the three, my biggest passion. So I dropped the martial arts for, for a minute there and concentrated on hip-hop because I feel like that needed a lot of focus. And then once it was at a certain point where I could free up some time, I back in the martial arts so I went back into ninjutsu and then um, took on Muay Thai because karate is good like when you're younger but I feel like Muay Thai is a lot more impact harder hitting um, more of a workout it's just you learn more how to take a hit as well so that's it's good conditioning because you got to condition like your shins and yeah I just think it's it's yeah it's more well-rounded for what I want to do and yeah also on but like looking a little bit further down the track, if by some chance the dance movie happens and then I'd like to, you know, sort of move into like an action movie. So that's in the back of my mind. Just to, I'm sort of just building the um, skill set really. So when I get cast, I can be like, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. You know how to use weapons? Yep. Swords? Yep. So. Would you ever look at like a stunt double? I'd probably want to be the main character, Matty, to be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. Everyone does. <laughs> yeah. It's, but probably not stunt double. I'm gunning for the, the main role. I feel like six foot, six and a half, martial arts, weapons training, probably could do it myself, I think. Yeah, 100%, man. That's it. Oh, that's sick. Um, did you find that Muay Thai and dancing, even though they are two different sports, did do you find that they sort of share some attributes? Yeah, they definitely do. I think it's... the 
the discipline and also uh, repetition. So Muay Thai, you're sort of drilling the same stuff a lot and dancing, you're also doing drills. So it's just, it's just rep. And sometimes you actually don't see the progress until, yeah, like you actually film it. So if you, if you film the progress after you're doing these drills for three months, that's when you'll see it. Sometimes you don't even feel it, but you're making these little jumps forward. So they both require discipline and it's not gratification. You don't get that gratification straight away. It's delayed. So you just got to sort of stick it out and just wait for it. No, hundred percent. I've always toyed about the idea of getting into Muay Thai myself. What advice would you give for an absolute novice like me for wanting to start it? I think just jump into a beginner class and I actually think it's better to have a mate, to be honest, because when um, I train here in Melbourne, I feel like the guys that come in you, if they come in with a mate, because you pair up with your friend, you're more likely to stick it out. So like you're not having some random punch you and kick you and like, you know, then they might go too hard. They might scare you off, you know, then you got to watch. So I would say try bring a friend and just keep at it because once you start seeing progress and yeah, it just gets addictive. Yeah. So it's not like prison rules where you just go in and try and take on the biggest guy there straight off the bat. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> that's going to get you hurt, Matty. <laughs> I figured so, mate. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's such a really unique skill to have. I like the idea of Muay Thai and you sort of balancing all those things together. It's, yeah, it's it's something that you don't see a lot of. Like, oh, I don't think I see a lot of. Is a lot of people doing dancing, Muay Thai, all those things together. So the fact that you're doing them all really shows that you're just really out there and just keep learning. Yeah, I th- I think just learning skills. I'm sort of addicted to learning new things. Like I I, I asked my friend to teach me how to play the guitar. I, I don't know when I'm going to use it, but I want to learn. That would have been handy for bachelorette. I know that would have been good for a day, wouldn't it? <laughs> Too late. Unless I'm the unless I'm the bachelor, Maddie, who knows? Dream big, mate. Dream big. And dream big. That's right. I guess the next thing I sort of want to touch on is like, what's what's really next in the picture for you? You sort of you went into it a bit before, but like right at this very stage, what's sort of in your eye line? What is it that you're wanting to do? So, I want to do a couple of tours, and I want to build my um my skill set and my quality um of dance and. I feel like I've I've built enough connections and I know enough people to get the right opportunities. So spending a little bit more time in in LA, I feel like I can nail a, a music video. I've got a lot of friends that dance for like Chris Brown, Bieber, a lot of sort of big time artists and stuff. So being in those circles, I feel like I can be given opportunities. I just got to lift my quality a little bit and I've got to spend more time there. So I'm going to spend another month there now and then i'll go back next year spend another two months and then hopefully i can nail something in that time frame which i'm i'm pretty confident if i have enough time big difference between america and australia for the dancing concept definitely for hip-hop because the hip-hop culture in america is just sort of worlds above i think even in melbourne at the moment there's not that many hip-hop teachers anymore so when i first started there was a few but they're all a bit older now and some of them are retired. So the hip hop, the, like sort of that style for the, like the boys has sort of died off a little bit. So 
it's a lot more commercial and like sort of that Beyonce stuff. And yeah, I, I don't see you doing Beyonce movies, Maddie, you know. <laughs> yeah, never say never, mate. I'll try anything once. You never know. You could. You could. So yeah, so I think that's that's where you're going to make the most progress. And for the way I dance, yeah, like the teachers are more in LA and I've made the right connections with the dudes I connect with. And yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens. So I'm staying with, with one of my mates, CJ, when I go there this time. And then I'm going to stay with another mate, Matt. So just making making good connections, good friendships, and just going to keep working hard. So that's the key to working hard. Yeah, that's it, mate. Just keep going on with it. No, I, I really, really cannot thank you so much enough for taking the time and doing this with me today, man. It's great to sort of catch up with you again. I know the, I think we, we really only met the one time, which was at uh, that the place in Perth. You came over here for a drink. The cot. Yeah. The, the cot. Yeah. The cot. The cot. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. Getting getting to know you in that time, you were probably one of the only people there that stopped and actually spoke to me. Like I knew there was a few other people that were on the show there and I didn't really sort of have any words of them, but you were the only one that stopped and had a chat with me and getting to see you after seeing you on TV and getting to chat to you now, like I knew there was always something else behind there and I'm glad I sort of got to you go open up and really share those stories today. Oh, thanks, Matty. Appreciate it. Yeah, that that's yeah that that sort of counts for more because I I never wanted to be like known as like you know sometimes when you do something like out of the ordinary, your friends can be like, oh, now you're now you think you're on TV. Yeah. Like sometimes you get a comment like that, but I've I've prided myself on just never letting anything like sway who I am and just always being grounded. So I really appreciate hearing that from you, Matty, because. Uh, that means means a lot. So thanks, mate. Just keep being yourself. That's all we ask for. Ivan, thank you so much for today, mate. It's been awesome to catch up with you, go through all this stuff with you, and I'm looking forward to getting you on again once you've gone over to LA and just done all these big scripts, done all these big dances, and hopefully you still have the time for me. But at that stage too, I will, Maddie. I will. I always make time for you. Don't worry. <laughs> Appreciate it, mate. Thanks, Heath. And even though we are, I can say we're mates. You're officially a mate of the Matt and Mates podcast. Hey, thanks, Matty. Cheers, Ivan. Have a good one, mate. It's good to catch up. Thanks, Matty. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for listening to the Matt and Mates podcast. If you enjoyed the show and feeling generous, you can like, follow or subscribe on our socials and whatever platform you're listening on. And for those wanting to go that bit further, you can leave a review and share with your friends and family as well. If you have any recommendations on guests, give feedback or advertise on the pod, flick an email to contact at mattandmates.com.au. Stay tuned for the next episode when it drops. And as always, I love you all. Well, it's official. We have our first sponsor. The kind people of Shelter Brewery have gotten behind us and we couldn't be happier. If you're after a refreshing beer for after work to start your weekend, or in my case, after spending a ridiculous amount of time gardening, Shelter is the beer for you. 
If you happen to be in the southwest region, swing by the brewery which overlooks the famous Bustledon Foreshore and enjoy one off the wood. Even grab yourself a decent feed with their amazing menu items. You can pick up a slab at most bottle shops or if you prefer it delivered to your door, get onto their website shelterbrewing.com.au and browse the selection they have. Even grab yourself some sneaky merch whilst you're at it. Get around them shelterbrewing.com.au.